You're listening to the Application Insider Podcast. Welcome dietetic students. Here you will find all sorts of tips and guidance to help you navigate the dietetic internship application experience. I am your dietetic internship application guide, sharing insights to bridge the unnecessary gaps in this crucial step in your dietetics career. Together, we can get you all the information you need to create an application that will stand out in all the right ways. Hello, and welcome to episode 50 of the Application Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Vance, the founder, CEO, and dietetic internship application guide here at Application Insider. I've got a real treat for you today. In this episode, I'm sharing a brainstorm call with you. The brainstorm call is a free service I offer to any dietetic student, and I wanted to provide an example of how valuable this 20-minute call can be as you're working on your application. So today, the call you will hear is with Melissa, who gave me permission to use her call on this podcast episode, and I am so grateful that she did. We chatted in April 2021, and she is getting ready to apply in the spring 2022 match. So you will get to hear what questions she asked, the answers and resources I shared with her, and just exactly what it's like to have this brief but very helpful conversation with a former DI director. You'll hear that Melissa is a grad student and she had some questions about how do we choose where to apply and what she can do to increase her chances of getting a match the first time around. You will also hear my responses to each of her questions and in many of them, I refer to some specific resources that she can refer to for even more information. The call finishes with some recommendations from me to let Melissa know which application insider guidance I think would be a good fit for her based on what we talked about. Of course, after the call, there is no obligation to purchase from Application Insider, no obligation whatsoever. My goal with every brainstorm call is that the student gets helpful information specific for whatever they are wondering about, and it doesn't matter whether or not they spend any money later on. After your brainstorm call, I will send you a summary of the call with links to whatever resources and Application Insider guidance options I mentioned during our conversation. That way, you can follow up with that additional information to get more answers to your questions, and you can also look at what the Application Insider guidance includes, what the prices are, and ultimately, you can decide whether or not it's a good fit for you to purchase any one of them to continue working with me on your application. I also send you a recording of the call so you can rewatch it if you need to go over any of that information again, if you just want to review one of the questions that you asked and the response I gave, anything like that, that call itself becomes a really good resource for you to continue referring to as needed. For this episode, you'll hear everything that Melissa and I talk about, including the resources I share with her in response to her questions. In the show notes for this episode, I've included the exact same links that I sent to Melissa after her call with the resources that address her questions and the application insider guidance I recommended that might be a good fit for her moving forward. The video recording of Melissa's call is also linked in the show notes if you wanna check that out as well. So before we get started, I really do wanna thank Melissa for her willingness to share this experience with other students who might just want to know what it's all about and see what a brainstorm call is like before determining whether or not it's a good fit for them and scheduling it if they, if they do want this kind of help. So please take advantage of this opportunity to hear what this brainstorm call thing is all about and 
Let's go ahead and listen to Melissa's and my conversation. Hi, Nicole. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? Good, thanks. Nice to meet you. Yes, nice to meet you too. (laughs) Yeah, so um, yeah, excited to talk to you. Um, um, I guess I'll just give like a little bit of a background. I don't know how how you usually usually start to Let me start with that. Let me just tell you quickly what to expect from this. Um, We can chat about anything you want. And I am recording the call and I will actually also send you a summary with anything we talk about, links, information, all of that. So you'll have that after the call later this afternoon. Um, So we've got like 15-ish minutes to chat about anything you want. And then I just reserve the last few minutes to let you know what application Insider has that might be a good fit for you based on what we talk about. So just... Just okay. know that that's coming. You can decide whether or not you purchase anything, but that's part of the call. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I mean, I definitely had questions about, um, you know, the different packages that you offer and everything. So maybe I'll save those questions to the end when we get to it. Okay. Um, yeah, great. Okay. So um, I'm a current grad student. Um, I have a bachelor's degree um, in dietetics, okay. um, getting my master's in um, nutrition, interventions, communication, and behavior change um, at the Freeman School of Nutrition at Tufts. Um, so I'm planning on applying to the spring 22 match. Okay. Um, so I'm just in the beginning stages of, you know, trying to figure out which programs I want to apply to and get as much of my application done as I can this summer before, you know, the craziness of the school year starts. Um, and yeah, I'm just basically looking for some additional support um, just because I know I'm going to be so busy um, mm-hmm. with school. And I just want to make sure that I have a really strong application because, um, you know, I did decide to go to grad school first and took the extra time to do that. So um, I just want to do everything that I can to ensure that I get matched the first time around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess... Um, I guess my biggest question, the thing that I'm struggling with the most right now is just trying to figure out um, which programs to apply to and like how to be strategic um, with choosing programs. Cause I've, you know, I've gone through the applicant guide and I've picked out the programs that I'm interested in. Um, but I feel like I'm struggling cause I mean, you know you can kind of get a sense from, from the guide like Um, what their criteria are and if your GPA is in their range and everything Um, but I just I feel like I've heard so many stories of people you know being like qualified applicants and then them not getting matched and I think it really comes down to like strategy and like where you apply partially Mm -hmm. so I guess I'm just wondering like how can I how can I figure that out like right off the bat Um, like which programs like I have a good chance of of um, matching to yeah Okay, there's kind of two two elements I'm thinking of. The first thing is finding programs that are gonna be a good fit for you. So that's like taking into consideration what what is gonna make a program feel like it's right for you. And that's including like important things like you mentioned, do I meet the GPA requirements? Do I have the tuition they're gonna be asking for? But then other important elements, you know, Um, I'm going to send you a link to a podcast episode where I just actually recently talked about this, but it's things like, do you really like, is it really important to you that you have a rotation in a specific area of dietetics? Or is it more important that you do not have to relocate to an internship? Like things like that, where 
you can look at the guide and you can see what criteria and things that they are telling you. But when it comes down to it, what feels really good for you? Because some people are like, I cannot wait to move and I will go wherever the internship takes me. And other people are like, I have a 50 mile radius that I feel comfortable for whatever reason staying within. So I think it's important to consider those elements for you. That'll help you narrow things down. Um, and then as far as like that, that might not feel super strategic. That can feel just like, what do I want in my program? I think it's important to consider that. As far as strategy and things, you're probably going to have to get some information by talking to programs. So I don't know if there's a better or worse order to do this. It might be good. Like what elements are important to me have, you know, narrow down some programs that way and then start contacting programs and getting a sense of what they'll be like. That might be something, you know, that narrowing down what you are looking for might help you come up with questions to ask them. Like I, you know, I'm just gonna make some stuff up. Let's say you're like, you know, what? a distance program feels like it's a really good option for me but I need one that I know is gonna support me really well in these certain things. So I'm gonna to talk to the director and ask them questions. I'm gonna see if I can chat with someone who is in the program or recently finished so I can get their kind of perspective on it. Um, so, you know, figuring out what you want might help open up some conversations to get some of that information. Other important stuff for you to know, some of this is in the guide, but it can be helpful to ask directors as well. I think part of strategy is knowing how competitive programs are. And that means finding out how many spots they have and how many applications they receive. Cause that will tell you right off the bat, oh, this program has six spots and they get a hundred applications. So they have a 6% match rate. That's kind of low. <laughs> or this program has 50 spots and they get 150 applications and that's a third, I can't do math in my head. That's a third <laughs> match rate. That feels a little mm -hmm. better for me. Um, so I think getting some of that information is going to be really important. So like I said, you can't, like, I'm pretty sure that's all in the guide, how many spots they have and then how many applications they received in like the previous match or something like that. But talking to someone can give you a little more information. You, this is information you can choose whether or not to disclose. It's totally up to you. But let's say you're like, my GPA is not where I would like it to be, but I have really awesome work experience. You can open up that conversation and they might be able to tell you, oh yeah, if, if there's a low GPA, we actually balance that out with extra hours or area in, or excuse me, experience in a specific area. And that's information that's not gonna be in the guide. Or you might find out actually we have a, it's a black and white GPA requirement. And then you might decide, you know, do I meet that? Do I not meet that? That can be a decision maker, obviously. But then if you're like, okay, I barely make the requirement, you can ask them, well, I'm getting a master's degree. Does that add a point to my application? Or I've got work experience. Does that, it might not completely outweigh a GPA situation, but does that add points? Like you can kind of Again, you choose what you want to disclose of your own situation if there is anything you are concerned about, mm -hmm. but that can give you insight to like, okay, they do have a point system that seems to favor people with X amount of hours or with a variety of experience, or you might find out that their personal statement is like 50% of the points that they give, you know, things like that. I feel like I'm rambling mm -hmm. now. Does that make sense where I'm going? Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And I guess, 
Yeah, because like one of my other questions is I feel like like when you're applying to colleges, you kind of have the idea of like a safety school, you know, and mm -hmm. so that's like kind of what I'm like trying to figure out because like, you know, I'll probably end up applying to a couple of programs that are, you know, more reach programs that like ideally I would love to get into, but maybe have, um, you, you know, like I'm into like Mass General and Ohio State or two that I really love, um, but I'm just, they have, they get a ton of applicants. So I'm just like not super confident that I would, you know, get matched. Um, but like, it, so I guess like in that sense, is it, you know, programs that I get fewer applicants? Um, like, can you kind of consider that more of like a safety program if you like meet their criteria and everything? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can. I mean, it's important to realize that programs that participate in the match, not every program does, most do still, but just be aware that there's some outliers. Mm -hmm. But programs that participate in the match, when you open up your results on match day, you get one match or no match. So it's not like three programs chose me and now I have right. another hard decision. So it's important that you know that going in. Um, yeah. Where the safety option comes into play is, you know, you, you can increase your chances of matching just if they have more spots and less applicants. Um, mm -hmm you can include them on your list in ranking, but you still wanna rank by your true preference. So ranking comes later on, um, but you can only rank programs that you have applied to. So another thing I'm gonna send you, the, so these things I've mentioned so far are free. Like the one I mentioned before is a podcast episode. The one I'm gonna mention now is a webinar I did that covers the whole matching and algorithm process and how it's so important that you rank by your true preference. So of the two you just said, let's say, you do all the research, you apply, Math General is still like your number one program you wanna be in. So you're gonna rank that number one. I don't care what else you hear about them. If you've decided to apply and they are the one you want the very most, you rank them number one, mm -hmm. even if they have a 6% match rate. And then Ohio State, you decide that's your second most, you rank them number two. And then I'm just looking at the list you submitted. So I'm not projecting anything, but let's say you decide Cornell is like, that's kind of your safety. They have the numbers seem a little more favorable overall, mm -hmm. but they're really your third choice. So you really do rank them number three. Mm -hmm. And when you watch this matching alg an algorithm webinar, that will explain it a little better. But that's how you can kind of incorporate a safety school. Like I'm applying because the numbers seem more in my favor, but this is not my top choice, but it might help me out. But also realize the more programs you apply to, the more money and time you put into it essentially right yeah so just know that going in. um and I guess that, that leads to another question um which this probably depends greatly um on the person but um like in terms of number of, of programs to apply to like is there is there like a certain number like beyond a certain number is it just like not worth it like to apply to you know like 10 programs seems excessive but maybe uh -huh. like like five or six seems reasonable or is that like still too many? I just, like how many do people typically apply to? Um, the most common number applied to, this is based on hearsay as well as a survey I did. There were only like 35 people that responded to this survey, but the most common number I've ever heard and came out in the survey is three. I don't know what it comes down to. Some people, that might just be like an easy number to balance to do that many applications. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like a nice, roundish number it's not even even but it's 
it makes sense. Yeah. But at the same, I mean, I've heard of people who apply to six programs or more. And there are also people mm-hmm. who apply to one program. Mm-hmm. And on both ends of the whole spectrum, there are people who match and there are people who don't match. So I think I'm going to send you another podcast episode or a blog post. I can't remember, remember what it is, but it talks about programs versus spots. And this is again, something you can get from the guide. So let's say you apply to, it's easier if I just do two. Let's say you decide I'm going to apply to two programs. Both of those programs have 10 spots. So you're up for 20 spots, Mm -hmm. but let's say you apply to someone else applies to two programs. One program has 10 spots and one program has 50 spots. That person applied for 60 spots, but the same number of programs. And okay. then you have to factor Yeah, so it's like more like overall spots. Okay. Yeah, you, again, you have sense. to factor in the competitiveness because if that person who applied to 60 spots also ultimately has a 6% match rate, whatever that number right. of <laughs> is, like there's a, there's, a, there's a lot that goes into it and I'm not a statistician. But I think it's important to realize, you know, you can apply to three programs and 30 spots, or you can apply to three programs and a hundred spots. It's important to kind of consider how all of that works. So I'll send you whatever, I don't, I really don't remember if it's a podcast episode or a blog post, but I'll send you that, that you can, I mean, it's essentially what I just said, but you can think about it a little more. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Thank you. Um, And then I guess my, my last question is, I'm considering taking the um, DTR exam this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm just kind of like right now, I'm, you know, I'm kind of at the end of all this and I'm trying to, you know, fill out my resume as much as possible. Um, and I'm kind of debating if I should take it. Um, but I'm also thinking that I might take a graduate level um, MNT class um, next year, just because it's been a while since my undergrad course. Um, and I just, um, and I don't know, do you think that it's worth it to, to, to do both of those things? Is it like worth the time um, and the money investment into taking the exam if I'm going to take the MNT course? Um, or is it more so that they just like, like to see that you can pass the exam? Um, but at the same time, I feel like, I don't know, being a grad student, I feel like maybe that just has like some advantage over the exam, you know, because clearly like I've gotten into grad school and I'm doing really well and all that. So I feel like, you know, just trying to like use my time wisely, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything you've mentioned will add to your application and it's going to vary by the program, how much they care about any one of those things. So someone might be like, oh, she's got a master's degree. That's an extra two points. I have no idea. I'm making stuff up. And then someone's going to be like, oh, they, she has the NDTR exam. That's two points. And the grad school is one point. Um, when, when did you graduate from your DPD program? Like when was the last time you took MNT? Um, so I graduated in 2019. So I took MNT fall of 2018. So it'll be like three, it'll be more than three years. And I know some programs like to see it within three years, I'm going to be just over that, which is why I'm considering taking Mm -hmm. it. Although I know I like have to ask directors um, about like their specific preferences, because I know maybe like just like being in a graduate program would be enough um, that they wouldn't require that. I I have to look into that more. Um, But even just for like my personal, like I feel like it'd be a good review before I start my program. Um, So, but it's been a while, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the If there's anything that's going to become a black white thing for an application to an internship, 
my guess is that it would be the recency of MNT. And like you said, okay. it's going to vary. Some programs are going to have a three-year cutoff. The program I was in, we had a five-year cutoff. Like if your MNT classes were five years ago, you had to, we just, it wasn't recent enough. So that I think would be the first thing to look into is whether it's what programs you've already narrowed down, or if you just are like, I kind of need to get an idea so I can decide now. That I think is the first thing to look into to decide. And then if it becomes, I do like taking this MNT course is going to make me feel more peace of mind that I'm just not brushing right up against this wall that they have put up. Um, and then deciding, do I feel like I can take the NDTR exam at the same time? Or is it just let's focus on MNT? Mm-hmm. Because in the time frame that we've got, I mean, if you take the NDTR, programs are going to like that if you, you know, you take the exam, you pass, you have the credential, it shows you can take a standardized exam that is administered by the same organization that does this um, RD exam. So that's like bonus points for them because they want to see that you'll pass the RD exam. Um, So that like increases the likelihood that that could happen. But again, if they have a black and white, like your MNT needs to be so many years ago or within so many years, well, what were your grades in MNT? Like high, low, middle ground? Oh, I got an A. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, yeah, my, I'm not really concerned about GPA. I had a 3.92 in undergrad. Okay. Um, so okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm more so worried about like experience. Cause I feel like that's where I'm lacking. I feel like academically I'm a very strong applicant and I, you know, in grad school and I'm doing very well. Um, but I just feel like I'm lacking a little bit on the experience front. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, and that I feel like I'm just throwing options at you that you've already considered. <laughs> um, another thing to look at if you want to get brush up on MNT and get experience is see if you could get a clinical position somewhere, which I know with COVID, like it's all up in the air and totally depends on your area and what's available. But that might be something that could kill two birds with one stone, where just being in a clinical environment, looking at charts, obviously not doing the exact same thing an RD does, but like a diet tech, like that was, that's going to bring some things up to the front of your brain that Mm -hmm. have just been nestling in the background for a little while. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So yeah. Like, again, I feel like I just threw options at you. I don't know. I obviously can't tell you what to do, but those are some things to think about and deciding Mm -hmm. what really is going to be the next best step for me. Yeah, no, that's very helpful. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. Um, any other questions you want to jump in before I mention a few things? Um, I think that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to tell me okay. about, um, the different packages, I have like a couple specific questions, but I'll let you talk first because you might answer those questions. <laughs> okay. Well, the first thing I thought of, especially for where you are, like just kind of a year ahead ish of like roughly a year from when you plan to apply and where it's kind of like, we need to start narrowing things down and gathering information. The first thing I thought of is the application prep workbook. That's got a chapter for every section of DICUS, but it starts like the very first chapter is like, what do you want in an internship? And here's something like I they give you basically a whole list of like, here's a bunch of things to think about that you might not have even thought to consider. And then the next mm-hmm. chapter is like, now go look at program websites and see what they have and compare it to this list of important things. And that can help you narrow things down. And then it goes, you know, into this is everything in DICUS and tips and all of that. Um, so that's the first thing I thought of. That's just a downloadable thing that you can use on your own time. Um, that's like the tool that hits what we talked about, really. Um, 
the other, like I've got stuff that focuses on individual parts of the application. I've got stuff for the personal statement. I've got stuff for resume and like the experience section of your application um, that include tools as well as working with me one-on-one. -on -one. And then there's something for the entire application that is working with me one-on-one -on -one, where it's like, whether like some people got it like two weeks before they hit submit. So we kind of crammed everything in and I would look over the application. If there's more time, then it's like, okay, if you wanna be working on your personal statement over the summer, let's chat personal statement. You get these tools like that are included with the package. And then I'll review your personal statement, give you good feedback that you can use to make revisions and updates. And then next you decide to move on to your resume and work volunteer experience. Mm -hmm. We chat about that. I look that over. And then eventually we've talked through your entire application together. That was a really fast rundown. <laughs> Do you have other questions from what you've seen? No, that's good. Yeah. So um, I guess my question was, so like I was looking at like the full, the full Dykes, um application review. Um, and I know you, so on that you had I was just wondering what the difference is. You have two things listed on there and it's one is like one review of your complete prepared application. And then the other is feedback on all sections of your complete prepared application. So is that kind of like, as I complete them, you like I would submit them to you and you would provide feedback. Um, and then like at the end, before I submit the whole thing, you look at the whole thing. Is that how that works? So those kind of mean the same thing. So the one okay. application means if you apply to three programs, I'm looking at stuff for one program. Okay. So like, the, I mean, a lot of that's going to be the same. So the grade, that's all the same. That goes, that's the same for every program. The work and volunteer experience and resume is the same for every program. But that would mean like, I look at your personal statement for mass general but not the one you're submitting to i can't even remember, to cornell um yeah. but you would you would obviously be able to use whatever feedback that i give you on the one for mass general to the one for cornell and then any like if you apply to a program that has supplementary materials that's included as well but again like i would look at the supplementary for mass general not the supplementary for ohio so you get feedback on every section and again whether that's we're cramming it into two weeks or we're spacing things out because you're getting a really good head start on things um like every section is covered but only for one program okay. does that make sense yeah no that does make sense um and then i guess I guess I'm just trying to figure out, like, I feel like there are probably certain aspects of my application that I'll need more help on, like, like the personal statement, obviously. So I'm wondering, so like, if you purchase the personal statement review individually, like you have listed on here that it includes like a creation call and a review and revision. So are like those two things included in the, in the full application review or only if you do the, um, the individual yeah so if we do the full application review when we get to the personal statement part it's like okay let's schedule our personal statement call and you have time okay. like the people who only gave me two weeks we had like one call covering everything because there were only two weeks with the time we've got it's like let's focus on personal statement let's have our personal statement call you write it and then I review it I only review it once I it's a very thorough review but it's helpful like don't come to the call being like, I have never, I haven't even looked at the questions yet. So it's right. <laughs> some things on your part. I do one review. And then if needed, we can have another call. If you're like, I have no idea what your notes even mean, but I just do okay. that one review. There is an option, an option to add on another review, whether 
if you do the full dicus, that could be like a personal statement for another program, or it could be like, I did all of the revisions. I want another thorough review of this updated version. And so there are options to like add on another personal statement review, but the initial thing is just a one thorough review. Okay. All right. Got it. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I think that answered all my questions. I know we're over our time, so I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, but this was super helpful. I really Good. appreciate it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So in later this afternoon, I don't even know what, are you in Eastern? Yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> it might be evening for you, but sometime before you wake up tomorrow morning, um, I'll just send you an email with a summary of this call and links to everything we chatted about. Go ahead and just let me know if you have any questions from there. Um, you obviously get to decide what your next steps are. And this is by no means any pressure to buy. I just want you to know what's available and you can make that decision from there. All right, great. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Have a great rest of your day, Melissa. Thank you, you too. Bye. Thank you, Melissa, so much for your willingness to share your brainstorm call experience so other students could get an idea of what it's like. That's really what I wanted this podcast episode to offer and um, also the video recording of our call if you want to watch that. The link is in the show notes. I think not exactly knowing what to expect for a call like this can make students wonder if it's really what they're looking for, if they should sign up for it. It says it's free. Does that like, is that a too good to be true sort of thing? Or is there like a, a hidden fee or a hidden cost that's gonna come out somewhere and get the better of you? And the answer is no, this is an absolutely free call. I do let you know what application insider resources might be a good fit for you, but if you purchase, that's great. And if you don't purchase, that's also really great. I want you to move forward with your application with confidence and whether that means working with me, working with someone else, or just using the information you get in a free call, I think that's great. It's really an individual decision and I am certainly not going to pressure you one way or the other. I just want you to feel really good about the application you are putting together. So hopefully this opportunity to hear what Melissa's call was like gives you an idea of what your own brainstorm call could be like if you want to schedule one for yourself. So that brings us to our action step, which is to really consider scheduling your own brainstorm call. All it costs is about 20 minutes of your time. There is no money involved whatsoever. You can schedule the call directly at the link in the show notes at your convenience. With that link, it takes you to my calendar and I've already, like that calendar is already set up to show my availability. So you just need to pick a time slot that is, is good for you and your schedule. This brainstorm call is a great way to get information you can use on your application whether or not you even choose to purchase anything from Application Insider later on. So that really makes this one of those options that will fit into any RD2B budget. So I hope you take advantage of that opportunity. The link to schedule your call is applicationinsider.co slash brainstorm call, or you can just follow the link in the show notes. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, also in the show notes are links to all of the resources and Application Insider guidance options that came up in my conversation with Melissa. So everything I've included in the show notes are the exact same links that I sent to her after her call that were part of her summary of our conversation along with you know the link to the recording that I sent her and everything like that. So you're getting the same resources that Melissa got from her conversation kind of as a bonus. But if you're looking for resources to help you and your specific application situation, 
be sure to schedule your own brainstorm call through the link in the show notes so you and I can have a chat about what information you need and what resources you need and what is going to make you feel confident in your application. The brainstorm call truly is customized and personalized because the brainstorm call conversation is guided by the questions that you have and the answers that I can provide for you. So it truly is customized guidance for zero dollars and just 20 minutes of your time. And with this insider insight, your application is sure to stand out. Thank you for listening. More details about this episode, including the full show notes, useful links, and a detailed summary are at applicationinsider.co slash podcast. You can find more application tips and guidance at applicationinsider.co or follow along on Instagram at applicationinsider. Please rate and review the Application Insider podcast to help other dietetic students find it. Be sure to subscribe to catch every episode.